Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 267. Joining us this week, uh, our GFOP, the third host of this show, even though she's not here because of this COVID, this damn COVID, uh, Heather Wise returns just to check in with us with some of her new projects. Uh, plus, I just wanted to talk to her, see what she's up to. Uh, also this week, we'll check in with just like the, the dark world we live in now, just talking about COVID and government politics and education and slow internet speeds just the worst folks what a terrible week in terms of news also this week we'll try and do some lighter stuff history lessons are here uh new products the rock fire festival merch you can get it on the internet now all this folks and so much more as always folks just like every time you're here we're happy that you've decided to join us we're always happy that you've come here to the uticast oh yes Just taking a deep breath was, was my breathing exercises. Uh, Kevin handed me this letter that I was on the table before the, the episode began, so I'm going to read it to you folks right now. Okay. This is from DraftKings. Which is online sports betting? Online sports betting. Okay. Uh, from back in 2015. Okay. Which is the last time I used DraftKings. Online sports online betting. Online sports betting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Miscellaneous intangible property is what the letter says here. Mm. Our records indicate that we are holding property that may belong to you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So check this out. From December 18th, 2015, 50 bucks. Hey. Hey. 50 bucks in the mail on DraftKings. Now, here's the caveat. I have to log into my account, which I have not used or logged into since December 18th, 2015. To either withdraw the balance mm-hmm. or reaffirm my interest in future play. This will update the activity on my account and prevent the funds from being remitted to the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess my question for all the readers out there, listeners, readers, all the listeners out there, and for you, Kev. Sure. Should I allow my money to be remitted to the state? No. So I should get back no. into sports gambling. I mean, you've got 50 bucks. So yeah, you should at least bet that 50. You know what's funny? I actually remember that I had this 50 on here. Like I, I had a feeling that when I opened this letter, it was going to be like, I think I have it's about 50 bucks that's sitting on my account forever. Mm. I used to do something called daily 50-50s on soccer. Mm-hmm. Okay? And essentially, is you would get like a, you know, a pool of money to choose and you have to buy players under that cap of money. Sure. Right? For each for a week. Uh, and you all you had to do to win, it was like it was like black and red in roulette. All you had to do to double your money, which mm-hmm. was like $5, $10, whatever it was, was be in the top 50% of all the people in who played. Right. right, so really, you're not really trying to win the whole thing. It's dope if you win it, right? But sure. as long as you do better than half the other people who are playing, you mm-hmm. win double your money back or whatever it was. So mm. that's what I would play. That's what I won my fifty bucks on. 
uh, on DraftKings. But I'll get back in on it. Yeah, back you might in as sports well. gambling. Might as well. You have sports gambling? Like no. You, can't... No, <laughs> you don't like sports enough to gamble. I, I don't get or gambling enough to sports gamble. No, I'm not. I've got no interest. Like, life is enough of a gamble. You know what I mean? You know what's a gamble? Like, driving down some of these unpaved roads. That's the gambling for me. I, no, I'm not I'm not interested in wagering money on sports. I definitely, I definitely liked watching soccer more back then. Not mm. more, but, like, any miscellaneous mm. game. Because I'd be like, I got... Daniel Sturridge in this game, you better score, I'm going to be mad. No, that sounds like torture. <laughs> like, to have to to be forced to, like, sit and pay attention to some uh, game I already don't care. No, definitely not. <laughs> not for me. Welcome back to the show, folks, episode 267. This is the Uticast, uh, as, of course, I'm always joined by Kevin Sullivan. Kevin, yes. how has your week been? Uh, another one in the books. Doubled up two shows this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Did have two shows this weekend. That I private, at, dude, life. I played at a crazy, crazy place on Friday night. Like the venue, or just the the, the it was so it was a private party these people had uh-huh. um, that I guess they have every year. Um, and these people are they have this house up at the tip top of a hill in Poland, and the guy built a deck to have for a stage, and they had like a whole bar out there. And a water slide into their pool that looked like Enchanted Forest. Like, had a paved walkway up to it. Yeah. And it was just, like, huh. some dude who had his garage who, like, fixed cars. He had a garage down at the bottom on the road level. Then his house is up on the top. Like, a giant deck. Huge, incredible view. And just, like, looked like he built it all himself. And just some guy with, like, a really nice family. And they had a great party. Uh, it was cool because they had the deck stage area for us that we were kind of up on. So we were able to be away from... The throngs of people, which is still important yeah, yeah. to us, you know what I mean? Because we're not trying to go, we'll play at some of these private gigs that we've had booked, but we're not trying to go mix it up with people. Like, we wear a mask when we're loading in and loading out, or if we have to go, like, interact with the folks, but it's nice to have some space. But yeah, that was, it was, um, man, some people are just killing it out there. <laughs> some people are just killing it out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, my week was relatively quiet, mm. uh, for the most part. Uh, I do have, though... I'm, I'm sort of reframing this first section of the show. I'm calling it Quick Hits or Quick Notes. Something along those lines. Okay, cool. Because it, really what I have here is just a list of things. We do have some actual stuff to talk about, obviously. Okay. But sure. I have just a, a bunch of small stuff this week that I wanted to talk about with you. I love it. Uh, that I felt like I wanted to save for the pod. Okay. Uh, number one, and this is number one, A number one. Whoever vandalized the park with their graffiti... On our doors at Handshake City, that happened yesterday. Come at me, bro! Oh man, so mad, so it's, mad. I'm so big mad. I am getting so much humor out of um, the somewhat outsized reaction. <laughs> I'm hating it and ensuing conspiracy theories amongst friends of ours. Oh yeah. Um and people that are yeah, man, like it's uh, look, look some there's some dumb kids like you barely write out the words. It's like some dumb kids people are people are talking crazy. Like it's not some My attack or some sort of thing no, or of anything. Course. Like I, the, I I don't know that it should even be getting the the amount of oxygen that it is getting. But it no it's it's I'm it's making me laugh. It's dumb. I wish nobody should do it. I don't want people to do it. I'm not saying I'm happy it happened, but like if this turns into some art some dope art though on the front oh, of those people doors. Are already people are already yeah. ravenous. There's so, a there's a list of people. I'm in on that, so that'd be dope if we yeah, can yeah, that's all turn good. that into that. So yeah. so there you go. Uh, 
Okay, here's a couple other things. This is a stupid question, and it's been driving me nuts for a week. I was going to bring it up last week. It's about throwing things away. Okay? Mm-hmm. There is a bar of soap in the bathroom that I have right now mm. that is on the last fringes of being a bar of functional soap. Bar of soap. Functional bar Before of soap. Before it soap fragments. Soap shards. Soap, soap yeah, shards. Yeah. Soap shards. Yeah. So, I, for whatever reason, feel like with this soap, I need to, like... Work it all the way down till it's gone. Even mm. though I already have an unopened, fresh bar of soap on deck. Right. But I don't know why I'm clinging. So why don't I just throw this soap out and just get the new one? It's almost. It's ninety-five percent of the way done. It's it's almost there. Is it just? Why do I feel the need to get? To not just throw it away? Well, because because it's still good soap. I suppose. You know what I mean? Like it's still. It's the same thing. Like if you're you drinker, you got one of your colas, right? And you got. Five percent of the cola left. You finish the cola. No, you don't. You pour Do you it not? out. No, oh, okay. no, that fu- first well, off, that's what it is. The five percent of a cola that's left, if you had a hundred percent of a cola, mm. is the worst part of the cola. What's left? Just the warm remnants of cola and melted ice water. No, thank you. Mm, no, 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 that's no. true. Especially yeah, because you're a big ice in the cola. You're the first ice like the cola. that makes sense. Only the first like thirty percent of a soda is good. I see. <laughs> I now, see. I, so I had this issue again because I was it was it was I'm neurotic, so things like this swirl around in my brain until I go mm. crazy. And then I had a similar issue with deodorant, where I had two things of deodorant mm. and one was right down at the end. And that one I didn't even hesitate to throw away. Mm. Didn't even like I need to mm-hmm. keep this one for a day or two long because what happens with deodorant is you get down to the plastic and then mm. you're just slicing up the just inside. Scraping, yeah, yeah, you're just <laughs> scraping. No scraping good. Edges. Uh, and then the other one was uh, toothpaste. Like, mm. we had an old tube of toothpaste mm. in the bathroom, and it was like, there was probably, man, I was pretty aggressive with that toss-out. There was like mm. 18% of that mm-hmm. toothpaste left in there. Mm-hmm. But it was also a mess. It had got- <laughs> That becomes the problem. Yeah, yeah. Toothpaste somehow, it, like, it oozes in the night. It's, I don't know, what, I don't know what goes on. Yeah. Uh, so I bit the bullet and just got us a new toothpaste. And what a guy. Um, yeah, the soap, I, the soap thing, I know what you mean, because you don't want to be stuck with just the soap shards. Um, you just got to press it into the new bar. Press it into the new bar. Yeah, yeah. Interesting take. Just get them both wet and just get them going together. I have two separate soap shards in there. From, mm. two, di- from two different old soaps that's that fair. I haven't finished. That's fair. Well, uh, that's one, if you're mixing up your soaps, like, you know, like different flavor varieties, or you're, like, doing a different soap every time, you run into that. But if you just stick with a soap, then I guess you just press the bar together. So if anyone else is neurotic and has that issue like me, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you're neurotic about that you throw away when there's a new one on deck. Especially if there's one on deck. Because I've gotten into a habit of buying things like this in multiples now. Mm. Like toothpaste, deodorant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what else did I have here? I just have... See, the problem is I just wrote down a bunch of stuff. Mm, so you just got words and phrases written down very small on a small piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, also, new Laptop Brigade is moving rapidly. If anyone has any uh, interest in helping me out picking a new laptop that's good for this, uh, the time is coming rapidly. Mm. Discussions have been had. Mm. Conversations mm. have been had. Research has been done. Mm. Money has moved around in the background. Money has moved around in the background. See, time has come. Uh, and the other one I just want to get into because we're already 10 minutes in and I haven't done anything yet. Um, mm. Is I just want to point this out... This is the dog days of summer. This is this is leisurely time here. I know it's been getting a lot of uh, a lot of burn on Twitter and Facebook and stuff today. Mm. Uh, and I know we talk about them a bit 
John Oliver does his John Oliver's last week tonight. Mm. Uh, every yes. Week. Uh, the one he did this week about U.S. history and education was really good. Yeah. Wildly. I agree. I agree. One of the best things I've ever seen him do, probably. Yeah. And it's getting a lot of traction, I noticed. It's already got like a million views. Over oh, the yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure... Maybe he, some folks are going to be upset. Like Sean Hannity, who was already like taking shots at him before this. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you... I, I don't know. Just just go watch it. It's, it's worth the watch if you care about education and like racial, you know, injustice and... Just a lot of the story of our country that we don't like to talk about. It's really great stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, it's one of those things I always wonder, like, would you be a bad educator if you showed that to your kids? It's a little, it's a little like, uh, edgy, right? It's a little shortcutty. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, it's right? a little shortcutty. It's a little bit more like getting over on the kids than actually doing like the work of the, the education on that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I was thinking about when I was watching. I was like, this is all great. I don't. I don't. That's not his job. It's to not, do yeah, more. exactly. It's not his job to do any more than that. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, he's already, that's already above and beyond what his job is. Uh, it's really worth watching, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree. If, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's, it's very good. Uh, all right. Ooh, let's see. News this week is all over the place, man. A lot of stuff all over the week. I do have some local stuff, most of it about Brindisi early on here. Today. I love, I love local news. Uh, did you see that? Assemblyman uh, Brindisi, uh, Congressman, Congressman Brindisi came out today. She says a survey shows that New York's twenty-second district has the slowest internet speeds. Bro, I believe it. In the state, I believe it. We, oh, it's so poor. <laughs> it's oh, so man. poor all the time. It's really bad, and it's gotten worse. Yeah, and I don't know. Why is are we getting like is it spectrum is it like I don't know who it is or what it is I don't know if somebody is stealing our internet with large bandwidth I don't know what's going on because we've got the good internet right like we've got yeah. what's supposed to be the fast package and we don't run like we're this is a pretty it's it's pretty plugged in over here but it's not like nobody's running crazy devices like gaming computers or any of that kind of stuff. There's nothing that we're running on the on the network that should make it run as slow as it does as often as it runs slow like that. Could be time for a new router too, but you know. Uh, more than half of survey respondents is based off the survey with internet access listed Spectrum as their internet service provider with Frontier mm. and Verizon trailing. So 56% of people, right? Majority of users rated their overall experience of their provider as being... Poor. Poor or terrible. That is yeah, yeah. correct. Uh, survey also found that 83% of the responders were unhappy with their internet speeds they're getting, uh, and 67% reported having a cable or internet increase in the past year without an improvement in service. Mm. Well, it's there's no benefit for them to be like to give you good service. No, <laughs> right? It doesn't it's have, a monopoly. It's a huge monopoly. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't surprise. It does feel like my I shouldn't struggle to get the internet in my room. When it's no. as far, it's not that far away no. from the router. Like, I really, no. it shouldn't be the way that it is. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't really have, uh, I know this is a weird thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare this to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, because it's so local, I kind of forget that it's a national thing that people care about. Mm. Right? Like, when I was a kid, I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame a million times. Mm-hmm. And I, dad would always take me there. And then I'd read about people like coming from like Nebraska or California and driving cross country to see this. I'm like, why? Right. Like, you know I mean, I feel like this Remington Arms thing that's going on is sort of the same thing. I, mm. I, when I was looking up research for this Remington Arms declaring bankruptcy for like the second time, uh, a lot of 
a lot of it was surprising to me because it was all like New York Times stuff. Oh I was yeah, like, I didn't. You know, I, and it's a stupid thing to overlook because like it's very obvious that Remington is a very important name in like the history of mm-hmm. gun manufacturing. Uh, but I don't know why I didn't think this was a big deal. Not a big deal, but like a bigger deal than just a local story. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? I don't know yeah. why I, I did. Either way, uh, Remington Arms filed for bankruptcy protection for the second time since 2018. Uh, weighed down by more debt than it can ever repay, even as fearful Americans buy more guns than ever. Guns are in a high, People are buying guns right now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brindisi also has a quote on this, uh, which is why I brought it up. Uh, Brindisi, uh, on Thursday, uh, stood with the workers at Remington Arms following the announcement the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Remington Arms bankruptcy is a punch in the stomach for the hardworking men and women of our region, Brindisi said. Bankruptcy cannot be used as an excuse by the company's owners to gut union pensions, take away benefits that have been collectively bargained, or deny the safety rights of workers who've made the company profitable over the years. Mm, so, good. Yeah, good take. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't really have any further take on it. It's like kind of a sad story. I'm sure that people are going to lose their jobs if, if this goes under. I know that they were initially in talks to be bought by it was someone weird, someone I didn't expect who was interested in buying them. I'm going to be annoyed that I can't find the information now. Uh, oh, yeah, the Navajo Nation. I didn't expect that to mm. be the people who were going to buy them. They're in talks with the Navajo Nation. Mm. Uh, but those fell through. So there is talk that they're going to sell off, like, the gun portion and the ammunition portion separately. I don't know what it means, but, you know, if, I'm sure that we have listeners who have family or people who make for their sure. money doing that. For so, sure. you know, I hope that, you know, this works out for the best for the workers and the people who are making their living there. Always. Yeah. Always, always hope that things work out best for the workers. Yeah. Uh not te- not education workers though. We don't <laughs> we don't care about them. They got to go back to work. Mm. All these teachers got to go back to work. Mm. Even though, according to an article on KTV today, two hundred and sixty employees in a Georgia school district have tested positive, of course, for COVID nineteen or have been exposed. This feels like the big sort of weird, the biggest talking point I'm seeing people talk about right now with everybody. We are getting to August. I mean, it's August now. We're like less than a month away from when school would normally start, like swinging. In. And I think a lot of parents uh, are genuinely, genuinely confused and concerned about what to do, and no one really has answers for them. Uh, I know that Heather. I haven't done Heather's interview yet. Spoiler alert! But I know we're going to talk a bit about that with her as well. Um, something I saw today, though, in the Observer Dispatch, that I thought was interesting. That I didn't think about, and it's just a good thing to think about when you are. Th- it's like, oh, send the kids back to school if you clean the schools up and you make sure everything's safe and distant, it's all fine. One of the other things people are not talking about is the transportation to school. How you're actually going to get kids to school is mm-hmm. a really overlooked concern, right? The buses are way more of a limitation for public safety than actually being in classrooms. Like, and it's and it's wild. Like I've been at Proctor High School in the morning when I've watched those like, 30 school buses unload all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like... It's already a mess, right? Even in the best of times, I can't imagine that there's any way to make busing socially distant, like to, absolutely impossible. So, just another reason why I do not believe we're going back to school. Yeah, it's wild. It seems like a it seems like a big scam. School closures in spring, however, were linked to a reduction in COVID nineteen cases and deaths from of a report course. from CNN. Of course, they were. <laughs> I know. Uh, New York Times has their uh, their current COVID numbers. I know it's weird to talk about COVID stuff now, and I know we're going to get into it in a second, but, like, I feel like when I go out now, a lot of people are just like, we're done, right? <laughs> like, a lot of people, 
And well, that's the wild term, too. Like, right there. Just like you said, like, go out now. People are, like, going out, out now. People going out now. I see it. Like, crime's like, what are you, what the, what the fuck are you people doing? I don't, uh, I don't know, man. States where cases are rising fastest currently include Hawaii, Alaska, uh, Missouri, Rhode Island, Nebraska, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, new cases are down over 14 days, negative, uh, 7%, so that's good, but new deaths are up 59% over 14 days, so not so good. We have a Zamboni outside, do you hear that? Street sweeper sounds like... Oh, street sweepers coming through on the pot. Um, yeah, that's my biggest, that's my biggest concern now with the way everything's going, is I drive around and it does feel like... People are wearing masks when they go into... Even when I watch people wear masks. Like, I went to a fast track yesterday. And a guy walked up to the door with the mask in his hand, like, on his phone. And, like, opened the door and, like, held it open with his foot. Then put the mask on. Then walked in. And then, like, the second he walked out the door, he ripped that thing off of his face like Mm. it was... Like, I don't know, like it was... Yeah. Like a a face hugger from Aliens or something. Like, I... I don't care. I just don't get the. Le- you can't wait the thirty seconds to get to your car to take to, to take the mask off. Like it's crazy to me, man. People are doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't get it. Um, what else is going on out here this week? I mean, Trump's been getting kind of hit with a lot of that too, because even now, uh, Barbara Burks, the coordinator of White, Herc's, uh, White House Coordinator Task Force, uh, said that the U.S. is in a new phase of the coronavirus pandemic. I think it's still the first phase, honestly. Uh, And people in every corner of the country must take precautions from wearing masks to practicing social distancing. I mean, it does feel like we're all sort of setting up for another shutdown, it feels Mm. like, right? Like, that. I don't know if that's how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of where my head... Please. (laughs) Uh, And did you hear, this is another good one, and this will lead into our Trump section of the week. There's a story going around this week that the White House reportedly scrapped a national testing plan because the virus at the time was mostly hitting blue states only. Mm-hmm. So there's an argument to be made that uh, we could have done more early on if this wasn't immediately politicized. Yeah. Um, the second it happened. Yeah, of course. I, was, I mean, that's not an argument to be made. That's just the plain, that's the plain as day truth. <sighs> man. Man, oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's so... I gotta, you know, I'm gonna pull back the curtain for a second. It's so hard to, like, write a show like this Mm. in the modern like spectrum of the world we live in. Yeah, I, I believe that. Like, I sit here throughout the week and I try my damnedest mm-hmm. to, like, come up with, you know, digestible bites of the world mm-hmm. we live in for people to sort of find some sort of solace or communication or some sort of whatever interaction mm-hmm. with. And it is so hard now <laughs> it's just it's because everything's just nuts like it sounds made up when you talk about it you know what i mean like i just it's so it's completely jumped the shark it's like the glitching simulation uh, right? just screaming wake up uh, this is the real quote from the expert that they interviewed uh vanity fair of uh, the political folks believed that because it was going to be relegated to democratic states only <laughs> that they could blame those governors and that would be an effective political strategy. Um, I like the idea that you think the disease has some sort of like, oh no, it's staying only in the blue states because it's big time idiots. Like we're talking about like Jared Kushner, like that's an 
I, I got to tell you, if if down the road, if anybody, if anybody goes to jail out of this whole like mess that we've seen the last bunch of years, I think Kushner is the most likely to see like real jail time. That's like a bad, really Kushner. He's yeah. doing all the crime. He is. Well, He's doing all the most crimes. Like, what if he sells out though? Because he, they're making him do all. No, no, no. They sell it on. There's, there's nobody for him to really sell. Mm. You know, he's the guy. He's the one that people. <laughs> no, you're he's right. The one that gets sold. Uh, speaking of which, I don't know if you guys were aware of this. Do you know that there's only 92 days to the election? It's like 98, 90 days to the election. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, and what's really interesting, and well, unless they, you know, push it back and they don't have the election, which they can't. Which they can't. I know that. It's not a thing. We'll, <laughs> we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, this week's uh, reading assignment for you, though, if you're looking for a good article about this, from Politico, actually. It is called uh, Trump Campaign Nears Point of No Return. Because, as you know, a lot of states are doing early voting because of, you know, coronavirus and because of the mail-in ballots. So there's actually, with 92 days left to go, there's really less time than that for mm. both candidates in terms of what they need to do before the actual election day. Sure. Right, a lot of these things are going to get sent in earlier than you would, you know, than normally would have expected. Mm. Uh, this article really goes into how Trump's window is smaller than normal, and his margin for errors is tighter because of it. I mean, I don't like to, but again, it's a decent article uh, if you're really thinking about what this election is going to look. Are you scared that like there's going to be like terrible turnout because of all this? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I, I'm. It, it's you don't want to be an alarmist, and you don't want to be a tinfoil hatter, and you don't want to play it for jokes. You don't want to be dramatic and pessimistic, but it's gonna get so bad. Yeah, like the rest of the rest of this process and the rest of this year. Quite frankly, um, it's only things are only gonna get more gnarly as as time goes on. And I hope people are kind of prepared for that. And I don't say it to be like a doom and gloom or anything. I'm really I'm not trying to be that way with it, but. Yeah, they're going to try a lot of really ill shit. Yeah. They're going to try all sorts of crazy stuff, and they're going to be talking nuts. Like, they're already talking nuts. You watch what some of these, like, true lunatics on Fox News are saying every night, and, like, getting the the racists all gassed up and everything like that, and, you know, a lot of different stuff that, you know, William Barr is doing and getting ready to slow down the Postal Service and try to squash as much voter suppression as they can and sow doubt in the process. Like, it's going to continue to get uglier and uglier and uglier. Uh, so this week, I came up with a little small segment here. Speaking of uglier and uglier and uglier, it's called uh, Three Levels of Trump. These are the three Trump stories uh, with levels of derangement that I wanted mm. to. And I did them in sort of most to least, like most deranged to least deranged, mm. depending on your perspective. The first one was the idea that he wanted to delay the election, which we've already talked about, is something he can't do. No. Right? No. Uh, but... You know, this goes back to July 30th with universal mail-in voting. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. This is mm-hmm. a big tweet. Be a great embarrassment to the U.S. delay the election, which is something that everyone said he wasn't going to do. Everyone on like, the Republican side said he wasn't going to do it. Uh, he never openly said he wasn't going to do it or attempt to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is... This is like high level delusions. Yeah, he, we, everybody, I mean, that's, they called Joe Biden the conspiracy theorist, and Joe Biden said he's going to say this. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew he was going to do this. Of course he was. Part of the whole plan. Yeah, it's just, it's just a distraction. Uh, well, is that a bigger or smaller distraction than Trump delusion number two, uh, which is him wanting to ban TikTok? You can't do that either. That's also not real. <laughs> yeah, that that's like a, that's a that's a person with dementia just talking crazy. I mean, I, you can't 
I don't know. I'm curious at what happened that he's mad at TikTok. The teens are mean to him. But are the teens mean to him on a lot of platforms? Like, when did TikTok... What's, I wonder what... I mean, to, to be fair, TikTok has got... There's a ton of security concerns directly linked to China involved with TikTok. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of privacy and data mining issues that run even deeper than the Facebooks and Googles of the world. And, you know, when you look at a lot of the permissions that you give to TikTok and a lot of the data they're collecting, even on children, children under the age of 13, different stuff like that, when you look at a lot of that, there's a lot of reason to be concerned about TikTok, but... This idiot just bloviating about something that he has no recourse or legal authority to do whatsoever isn't real in the slightest. Yeah, but now you see like Microsoft, they talk like they're going to buy TikTok now. I probably would have bought it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the third level of Trump's arrangement. This is like the petty level of derangement. Earlier this from last week, but I had to talk about it. Earlier this week, Donald Trump announced that he would be throwing out the first pitch at mm. Yankee Stadium on August 15th. Mm. Uh, it caught his staff by surprise because there was no trip on the books and no one knew about it. Mm-hmm. That's because the invitation had never been extended. Mm-hmm. This was just Trump getting big mad that Fauci had been mm-hmm. throwing the first pitch out at the Nationals yeah. game. And I like the I like the mecha- the machinations in his head that got here, right? I see Fauci. I'm going to do it for the Yankees. I'm just going to say it. And then if I say it, they'll have to do it. And they're like, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. No, no, we don't. And he's like, oh, wait, never mind. I can't do it. And he said he turned yeah. him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it's weird, too, because I always thought that, like, okay, answer me this question. This is an unanswerable question. Steinbrenner and Trump, uh. right? At one era, right? They were both kind of in New York at the same time. Sure. Being, like, rich, hated despicable characters, right, by the general sure. media. Were they pals or do they hate each other? Probably neither. I feel like if you're that rich... They're not really the same age at all. They're both like rich New York guys, though, I feel But they're like. not the same age. That's true, they're I close. guess. Like, they wouldn't be social at the same time because they wouldn't be... You know, I'm sure there were, like, fundraisers in New York City and different yeah, events yeah. like that where they probably knew each other socially, but I don't think they weren't close enough in age range to be, like... Yeah. Buddies going out to Tuesday night dinner, you know what I mean, with the Goomads. I'd definitely rather go out with Steinbrenner. Yeah, of course. Because I assume it's just Larry David Steinbrenner from Seinfeld. Um, all right. I got I done with this guy for this week. Are you ready for it? I'm excited for it. Uh, it's Texas Representative Louis Gomer. <laughs> One of the worst. Uh, he was for uh, one of the worst. Two lawmakers this week were forced to self-isolate, and one tested positive and interacting with the Republican earlier this week. Um, what here's what pisses me off about. It. I'm sure a lot of people have been dunking on him, rightfully so. Just admit you screwed up. This is what I want people to do when you do when you do something wrong. Mm. Now, right? When you do something wrong, take the Jason Giambi method. Jason Giambi's like, ah, I took steroids. Uh, sorry, and everyone was like, oh, Jason, you you goof. Yeah, yeah. Rafael Palmero stood in front of Congress and said, I never, I never took steroids. Never, 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 never. And then we got in trouble when he did get steroids because he looks like an asshole. Right. It's like he didn't just back down. It's like, yeah, I took steroids. Mm-hmm. Everyone was doing it. It was a problem. It should be addressed. Mm-hmm. Right. Same situation here. Hundred percent. It's the the level of doubling down. That drives me nuts. Like, I don't believe in face masks. I don't believe in COVID. Oh, I got COVID. So I'm going to double down now instead of just being like, I made a mistake. I should have worn a mask. 
wear a mask. It's important. This is a real... Like, instead of acknowledging that you made a mistake, it's like, I'm just going to take hydrochloroquine and... I mean, yeah, this guy's on the tip top of the list of lunatic hypocrites um, that, that they've got in that system. Like, up there, like, past, like, the Jim Jordan level. Uh, yes. Yeah, wild. Uh, he Jim did... Jordan seems disingenuous. This guy, like, is high off his own supply. He believes the wild stuff he's saying, it seems. So here was his tweet that uh, I did enjoy, though, because he got killed on Twitter by mm. people for this. I'm taking hydro- uh, hydroxychloroquine to treat my coronavirus diagnosis. It is what was decided as the best course of action between my doctor and me, not the government bureaucrats. How long until the tech tyrant sends to this tweet? I'm going to go back to... The best course of action between my doctor and me, not by government bureaucrats. Mm. So, not like all your abortion stances, which are like anti-abortion and that all women should carry all abortion, uh, all pregnancies to term no matter what. Right. That That's different. Somehow, mm. that's okay for the government to intrude. Yeah, of course. I mean, the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy, there's no oh, question. Oh, God. Um, so I mad. think more, more specifically, uh, he's like, you know, not with government bureaucrats. Sir, you're a government bureaucrat. Yeah. So if you made that decision with your doctor, technically, technically, the doctor and a government bureaucrat made that decision, yeah. sir. So uh, he did come out as pro-choice in this tweet. Because he's an awful guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lou Gohmert's one of the one of the worst of the worst for quite some time now. Uh, and then I also have another thing I'm going to do from occasion now. Uh, things I realize are going to be a trigger warning for people uh, on the other side of the aisle, right mm. on the red side of the aisle. Have you seen that Michelle Obama has a podcast now? It popped up yeah. this week. It's like the big podcast, and mm-hmm. Obama's on, and Barry's on it. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be mad. Yeah, yeah. People, people are gonna be so mad. I feel like people, people, some <laughs> folks will try. You can't really. You can't. Michelle Obama's pretty. It's tough. She's great. I, mean, I know she's got the subset. I know she's got the subset of the folks on the internet. You know who, who've got some some really unkind things to say about her. But for the most part. Um, Oh, can you say, like, she wants people to, like, do better and have, like, nicer lives and, like, be healthier and be it's good with true. their family? And, you know, the whole episode with her and Barack, like, all they're really talking about is is their family and, like, duty as a family. Like, there's nothing on it that you could really listen yeah. to and frame in some way unless you're the most disingenuous of people who oh. are going to dislike anything anyway. So, you is. know, whatever. No, I'm with you. Uh, I'm gonna listen. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's on my. I subscribed. It's good. It's short. Yeah. It's nice and short. It's digestible. Getting into the shorter podcast now. Let's start making this trip shorter. Mm. Uh, all right. Speaking of which, let's get to this week's interview uh, with the lovely, wonderful Heather Waz, who's got some new side projects she's working on. She's Love it. Bailing out on us to do her own side projects. I told mm-hmm. her it was okay. Mm-hmm. She's still no. She's still gonna be on the show whenever this is all over and we're all healthy again. But mm. she's allowed to do other things. She's allowed to have side projects, guys. Okay. Guys. No, I'm really, I'm actually really excited to talk to her about it. So let's uh, let's not wait any longer. Here's the one and only, the lovely, our co-host, which is here, Heather Watts. Mm-hmm.
Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can. Oh. Hi, very good. You're very frozen good. though. I'm frozen? I'm okay, you're good now. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. I'm in the dark part of the house because that's where I am right now. <laughs> no one's going to see this yet. I will have to, I do have to do this though. Um, so bear with me for one second because I've been doing this every week that we've been doing these like audio Zoom calls. I keep forgetting to get a photo. Oh my gosh, I looked better on so many more photos and this is the one you're going to take today? I'm not going to take a photo of you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just do one of these here. So like there's you and then I'll be here. Okay. You notice I had to put my head down because my beard makes me look like I have a big giant fat neck. Otherwise, it's like huge. Well, you know what's you funny? I got a haircut a couple days ago and it looks bad because I wore a hat today, so it doesn't look like much. But since mm -hmm. I got my haircut, I feel like my beard like has taken on a life of its own. It's, it has. I've never seen that. But if you're loving it, it's awesome. I only have some hockey season starts, so I mean, if there's a hockey season, right? I, mean, I only have so long where I can have it before I have to go like, get a real job again, and I have to like oh, it all up. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> um, it's great to hear your voice. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it's great to hear yours too. <laughs> so let's, uh, I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about, um, but I guess the first place I want to start is. You know, just we talked about it already in the dark part of the pod about the world and everything that's going on. How are you feeling since we last checked in mm -hmm. with uh, with sort of the world and COVID and everything? How are you doing? Okay, you doing all right? I mean, we're still social distancing a lot. I mean, but we really, like I've said before, really just built a world within a world. Um, you know, busy with Kaz taking him places, um, hiking, seeing things, um, taking and, a moment to enjoy all the time. <laughs> well, it's, it's great. I was laughing about this with uh, Kevin before uh, I came over here. And I was like, you know, if it was anyone else, <laughs> and I was like looking at their YouTube or their, their Facebook, I would hate them. Because you guys live this <laughs> really sweet like aspirational sort of life. It's you, your husband, and your beautiful child, like out in nature, just like enjoying <laughs> the world. And like, if I didn't know that you were all like wonderful people with like sweet souls and like you care about people and stuff, I would be like, screw these guys. Look at these guys. They're out <laughs> in nature all the time. <laughs> but it's really, it's just keeping a sanity level and, yeah. you know, keeping Kaz at a sanity, like a, keeping him just not feeling what's going on. Yeah. Um, so. You know, we we have found kids for him to play with, though, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Woo! Um, so I have to bring back a recurring segment from the podcast because I need to know something we used to do regularly when you were coming to the studio, and it was I examine Heather's tweets. Okay. And I'm on fire lately, by the way. <laughs> fire. What did you do to make... Zach mad. I have to know. What do, you, what do I not do every day not to make him mad? Um, <laughs> he, uh, what did I do that day? Oh, I'm controlling in the kitchen. And oh. uh, he was doing something and I know he was trying to be sneaky about it. And I called him out on it and he flipped out and he went up to his room. 
room and lock the door and wouldn't talk to me. So I'm just up there knocking on the door nonstop, texting him, calling him out on social media, whatever I could find just to get him to like answer me. So he's trying to be mad in his room, but he's just laughing in there. You know, he just, it's hard. Here you are stuck with your, and if fighting, I need to know who they are, but if you are living with your significant other and you are in quarantine together, like we have been, you are going to fight. Well, and everything. So it's just, you know, it's just what it is. So. It could always be worse. You could be not married and then attempting to like navigate the minefield that is internet dating when people don't go out in public. I feel like that's harder. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist, right? Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, I met you on Tinder and now let's continue not texting because that would be too intimate. Let's just text throughout this other platform because we can't go anywhere. So it's it's just a waste of time, and I don't I don't understand what anyone's doing at all. Are you are you are you dating anybody right now on anything? I I don't think you could. Last call, time we talked on here, you were talking to somebody. I don't think you could call anything that I'm involved in with anybody dating. That's <laughs> <laughs> the mo is the is the nicest, most straightforward way I can say that. I have a lot of people. There's definitely some people I care about and have feelings for, but I wouldn't say we're dating. Uh, let's put. Uh, let me ask you this question. I so this wasn't a a shoot off of you taking a bad photograph of a sandwich that he made and insulting his dinner that he made. That was something different. No. no. <laughs> he made a sandwich that that's one of the ones he made a lack himself in the room. I make dinner every night. I make a decent dinner. So I just got done working out. I get to the table, Kaz and Emerson there, and there's just this sandwich on a plate. Not even centered. At least center the sandwich. Give me a vegetable, something. He's give me a tuna melt. I was I couldn't even believe what I just saw. I couldn't believe it. Why would we have steamed vegetables? Get it two minutes in the microwave. I couldn't believe it. I was uh, my, my ass. <laughs> I, I'm not. I understand your point. You didn't take the most flattering photo possible. <laughs> How do you? That's exactly what I saw. <laughs> no, I know. I get it. But, like, there's a way you could have made that. If you would, like, slice the sandwich open and, like, put it, you know, spread it out on the plates. So you can see the layers. I don't know. You're not a food advertiser. What do you care? No, I'm not. <laughs> I expect more. <laughs> We've been in quarantine for, like, how many months now? And just one time, I'm like, I'm going to work out. Can you make dinner? I got this covered. You did. You sure did. <laughs> I'm actually, I'll always be on your side. That's right, you better be. Uh, but specifically because he didn't tell you, I saw this last one and we'll move on from here, that he didn't tell you that you were out of coffee until when you woke up in the morning? Yeah, he claims That's... that he told me the night before. I would remember that. I'm like, you need to go downstairs and make coffee. And he's like, I can't. And I'm like, why can't you? He's like, there's none. I'm like, we're in quarantine. We don't even go to a grocery store. We order our coffee. What do you mean we have no coffee? Like, I don't even understand. I couldn't, I, I was a wreck. Like, I was miserable. I had to of wait all, two days. Of all of the things that you tell me about married life and all the nuances with it, that's the biggest sin I've heard so far. It's like, wait, it's there's terrible. no- terrible. I'd rather I, have like kiss another girl or something. I don't <laughs> know. There's no coffee. It's just like, not cool. Can <laughs> I ask you, <laughs> what, uh, what was that thing you were doing on I think it was Facebook. Were you doing slacklining? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. I only. What's that? I'd only ever seen it before on like that one episode of The Office. I didn't know it was a thing that people really do. Well, it was a thing I used to do. Well, you we were pretty to, good at it. 
pretty, well, we were better years ago when, when, thank you, but we were better years ago before Kaz and we were running out of things to do. So we brought it there and thought, oh, well, if Kaz try, and it was fun. Try, it's, you know, it was something to do. I mean, we're running out of ideas now. <laughs> oh, we're definitely in like the, we've run out of ideas era. Like I, we, we talked a lot on the pod earlier, uh, me and Kevin, you know, about, you know, 260 cases of COVID in like a Georgia school system, right? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I know. School is supposed to be starting in technically four weeks, right? Yeah. These Look, two we need to get everything in now. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but there's nothing left. Even TV's losing its appeal to me. Like I'm running out of shows and everything just feels like a big nothing. <laughs> the next, you know what it is? I think the next like 90 days right, between today and the election, right, mm-hmm. that, which is shockingly in less than 90 days. I believe uh, that. Hopefully, Hopefully, right? There's okay. so much going on, right, between the election and COVID and kids going back to school and the summertime ending and this theoretical, like, tropical storms coming up the coast. Like, there's so much ha- – this is going to be, like, the most eventful 90 days that I can imagine, and that's oh, why I- TV feels like it's lost its luster. Yeah, there's nothing that can compete. Usually you would leave this world to find something to go to on television. Right now I'm like, well, I'm I'm surfing the news and waiting for Trump to say something stupid or Claudia Tenney or any of them. And that's what I'm I'm excited about more than anything. Well, luckily for you, you don't have to wait too long for either of those people to do that. They they do it daily. (laughs) So let me um so let me ask you this question. Like I think we've talked about this last time you were on. What how far off would Kaz be from like going to school anyway? Kaz will start kindergarten next year. He was supposed next. to start pre-K this year. Well, his second year of pre-K was this year, but the school was not doing any social, any kind of social distance of any kind. So nobody, no parents decided to come back. So yeah. now I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just going to play around with him for the next few months and teach him how to write his name, I guess. I don't know. Um, that's, the, but that's, that's the thing, I think, that weighs on a lot of parents' minds. Absolutely. Right? And because I can't imagine if I had, like, especially if it was like early on, like first grade, kindergarten, like making that decision. Share with like, me. Yeah. Are you moving me around in the room? Yeah, I just want to not be on the floor anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a much more, that's a much better, this is a good angle for when you go into your side project, when you're working yeah. on your video content. Yeah, we'll talk about that sometime. <laughs> well, we, do you want to talk about that now? Because like, you sent I, me a text about it. I did, but you can finish what you were saying. What were we saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just say, it's, I can't imagine like having to make that decision, not because I, it's just putting a lot of pressure on parents to make this decision about their children that they're, that no one knows what the right answer is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to prep him for kindergarten. I hope, I hope he's okay and ready to go. And I don't even know what kindergarten is going to be like, but I do know that I'm not ready to send him if there's no social distancing or anything. And I don't know the long-term effect of this. Every First kids were getting in. Now they're saying that they are more contagious than anybody else. And I don't know what could happen to him. So he's just going to ski and play in the snow and, you know, do kids stuff. We've said it a lot. You know what I mean? Like um, everybody, 
in today's world, right? In this social media obsessed world, this instant reaction world, we want to know what like the long-term effects of everything that's happening are gonna be. Yeah. And as a history major, right? As a guy who spent like his life teaching history, it's yeah. impossible to know that when it's happening. Like we can yeah. be aware that right now in the year 2020, in the year of Trump's second term potentially and uh, a coronavirus outbreak and social injustice, like we're definitely in a period that will be talked about in history books in 20 years, 30 years, 40 yeah. years, right? We just don't- For sure. We just don't for yet know in what context we'll be talking about it. Like we don't know how we'll be discussing yeah, it. Yeah, that's kind of scary. And that's why right? it's hard. That's, well, that's kind of It is scary. And, and that's why like, you know, I'm not, hang on, I'm gonna unplug this real quick. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, all right, good, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. you no, know, and I just, I, and I, I want people to not look so much for like the immediate answer because that seems to be what people want yeah they want it to be like uh it's either like it's the liberals fault so we got to do something about it and once they're gone it's fixed or it's trump's fault and once he's gone we gotta do something about it like no yeah. like we we're not going to know anything about what this period of time means for like another decade at, yeah. at the very least wow. so um but that's that's heavy stuff and that's kind of a downer um you know what though? So we have this is stuff that has to be talked about because no, it's right. going on. I mean, even if this is a downer, this is a hard time. We are in a pandemic, and everything is crushing around us right now. So it is, it's stuff we need to talk about. Though it's we all are thinking it. So well, I sort of broke down in the first half of the of the segment with Kevin. You know, because I'm going through the news, and I just said, I was like, look, man. You know, I, I try and make this show as palatable for everybody as possible. I don't want to kill people with like depressing stuff over and over again. I try and keep it light or digestible so we can get through stuff, but it's so hard because everything in the news right now, whether it's education reform or business closing or COVID, or it's just, it's all downer. It's all depressing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's serious. And, and let me go like, I'm saving every dollar I have right now because oh, yeah. I think as everything's crashing around me, when will the fi financially we be in trouble, you know? And when will I be able to go back to work? I mean, I'm saving everything right yeah. now because mm -hmm. this is what's happening. I can't, I'm not going to post fluffy photos of everything in my life. It's scary right now. And it's even worse if you have a child because yeah. I, I, and I can flee and go anywhere. But we are responsible for a small kid and we are responsible for his future. So it's not like we can just you know, take off. We have a whole nother person to worry about and three cats, so, you know? <laughs> what it makes, it, what it reminds me of is like, remember when you were a kid and you just assumed that when you would get older, you would just know the answers to stuff, the way that your parents just kind of knew the answers to stuff. Yeah, I thought they did. Because <laughs> you thought they did, right? And then as you get older, what you find out is your parents were just kind of making it up as they went along yeah right and i think that's scary yeah like the, the i you know we look at like uh you know i joked earlier about you and you, you and zach and kaz and like you know being aspirational like looking at you guys doing your thing but like um 
you know, I think that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> it's good to have like positive images for like and stuff like yeah. No matter what happens like going forward with like education or anything like that going forward, like Kaz is gonna have these memories. Do you know what I mean? Those will be good things that he can keep with him going forward. I want um, him just to you know going through hard times, he can be grounded. Like he can yeah. we can he can get through things. You know, I've been very honest with him what's going on, why he has to wear the mask. He knows there's a coronavirus, he knows it all is happening, he knows when he sees people to put his mask up. He has to, to learn and understand that things are gonna be hard, but you can get through it in the best way possible without whining about it or blaming people i don't know well i think to a lot you know we talked about it about this guy uh this guy in congress who got covid and then like didn't like double down on it right and i think one of those things is like we live in this sort of world where people feel that you have to be the perfect version of something right when in reality that doesn't really exist there is no like there's no perfect politician. You know what I'm saying? Like people are always no. like, people like people hate like a politician for any single reason, right? right. But you're gonna hate every politician because every single politician probably has one thing or two things you don't like about them, right? You need to understand what you do and don't like about people, and also you need to understand that people can be right and wrong and have things that happen. Like, and that's something we talked a little bit about with like things you would sort of want to talk about with this like side project you're working on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. was my, that was my fancy that was my fancy that was my fancy lead in well I'm helping okay. you out here so for about three years since I had when well Kaz was born four years ago but I would always do these like little videos about anxiety and things like that I'm very forward with who I am what I like what I don't like my um, anxiety, PTSD, everything. I'm, I'm okay to talk to you about how I feel about things. I've never, am one to hide my emotions. You know, I just, that's just who I am. And I feel like a lot of people will message me privately and they'll say to me, gosh, thank you so much for opening up about anxiety. Thank you so much for talking about this. It's so real. And I wish I could say that. And I was like, gee, maybe I should just talk about this stuff <laughs> and start a YouTube channel where I can go on there and talk about all the things that mainly mostly women don't want to talk about. I'm talking about like, you know, it's okay to, to say that your kid's annoying. It's okay to like, you know, you know, hate your husband for the day. It's okay that he's not your best friend. It's okay to talk about mental illness. There's just so many things that people want to talk about, but don't know how to. And I would love to start that process for them. So I love I love this a lot, actually. Um, and it's because it's that sort of thing I was sort of joking around with you earlier about, you know, like, if I didn't know you guys so much, I was like, oh, look at these guys with their lives on the internet. You know what I mean? But I think people get the wrong impression. Like, we, when I talk about, like, social media, right? Like, your social media profile, not you, I mean, the royal yeah, you, when we mean. talk about social media, it's always a character version. We don't give people... Oh, for sure. Right, we don't give people the truth of who we are. We give them some sort of stylized, show busy version, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it, right? Um, and because of that, we have a whole generation of younger folks who grow up thinking that, like, do you know what I mean? That's the only way to live is like these sort of like yeah, idealized. So yeah, I, I think be- about it with gender reveal stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing this for? Like, who are we one up in? <laughs> stupid <laughs> and like but it's talking about like i mean the craziest things like 
it might be I wake up and see a post from somebody and be like, really, did you just post a video of your kid getting a cleaning at the dentist? Because really, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> great good for you you are cleaning your kids teeth because you should do that anyway pat on the back but no and it's just so many things that people just don't say and show everything so perfect and so curated and let's just be real with who we really are and and talk about it so and i think those kind of reactions in today's sort of um like world we live in those generate more stuff people want a more nuanced discussion about things yeah. it's not just like look how great everything is with me and my like my mom i love her to death my mom's the best but she's a first grade teacher i mean she grew up under this you know like first grade mentality so even as we were kids yeah. everything was like sunshine and roses and pretty and great right yeah. um and it was wonderful when you were a kid but then you get older and you're like oh everything's not great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not totally prepared for no and I, I mean that sort of jokingly but um you know you're when we think about parents, right? Parents are people, people make mistakes and people have emotions and people have feelings and people have lives that they lead independent of their spouses and children. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And those things, and like, yeah. No, go ahead. I, I'm so excited. I keep talking. No, no. I just mean, and, and those things don't go away once you, like, your identity shouldn't have to go away no. once you have a child or once you become married. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people, like they, they want to give their child this like, certain look that they see like the perfect picture with Santa and they're all dressed up in the perfect outfits. Not that that's a bad thing, but they just have this image. And I just want, when I had kids, cause I didn't want kids, I knew he was coming into my life. Therefore he was going to live my life. My cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, do you mind not doing that? Um, but, um, you know, so it's, I don't, I don't know. I just don't like, to do things like everybody else. I just want to live life normal and it be okay and not feel like I'm doing something wrong. And I think a lot of moms have a, the stress that there's a certain way they have to do things. And, and it's coming on the pandemic. A lot of moms are trying to make everything perfect again. And moms are feeling like, am I doing something wrong? No, you're not. You're surviving right now. And that's important. <laughs> that's all you need to be doing is getting yourself through each day and your child through each day and not feel like you have to be back in this cookie cutter world because right now the whole world's not cookie cutter. So, yeah. sorry, I got really excited. No, that was great. I love it. And, uh, so, and let me ask you this question. Why uh, why YouTube as opposed to like doing a podcast or doing some sort of other thing? Like, why that format? I don't know. I, I like to emotion. I feel I can emotionally connect with people visual like through seeing. So mm-hmm. I'm not ready for like a podcast yet. I want to start with a YouTube channel and I want to be able to show other parts when I'm talking. Like it might be an image of something else or I might edit things into it. So I'm not quite sure if I would ever want to go to a podcast. Plus I'm already on a podcast. So I'm pretty cool already. That's um, true. But then I some video and I'm going to play with it. And I've already started recording and editing and playing around. <laughs> and I'm also considering having like other moms come in, you know, like I'm awesome. not sending my kid to preschool and another woman is, and she's a stay at home mom. Why would you send your kid to preschool right now? If you don't have to, like, why would you do that? But people want to know that because there are people who are doing it. You know, well, she's someone I I'm, I'm, I need to know why because I don't get it. <laughs> not for nothing. You know, I feel like every time I look at any, the voices that are the loudest on a lot of these platforms tend to be the worst actors, right? The people yeah. who are saying the worst, most terrible things. Like I'm a big, I love dinosaurs, right? Like I grew up as a kid who loved dinosaurs and I love you know, paleontology and the study of history. And like, if you type in dinosaurs on YouTube, like a good portion of the stuff you find is like, here's why dinosaurs are a liberal hoax. 
know what I'm saying? Like, the number of bad actors on the platform that get clicks as opposed to people who are giving good information, useful information getting clicks, I feel like is kind of skewed. So the more people I can get on the platform giving real, like, useful, helpful information from a real, honest, like, place makes me feel good. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing, like, I want to eventually have people come on that don't agree with me. Mm Because that's the point. You know, if I'm just sitting yeah. here talking about what I want to talk about, that's great. But eventually having moms or, you know, women coming on that don't necessarily agree. Like, can, you know, people who are different political parties, can we get along right now? You know, can that happen? Um, is it okay to tell friends when they're being too needy? Because I do. You know, <laughs> like, I can't handle it. It's too much. You know, like, when is a good time to tell them to, you need to, you need to just stop? <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> you know, like, uh... Well, I was very needy of you today. I have to admit, I apologize that I like held you hostage today. Oh, you were not needy. I, I was experienced needy. I was super needy today. Uh, I do. Uh, I do have to get us finished up here because I have yeah. to record yes. this, and I'm running really late yeah. today. Yes. Um, but two things before I let you go. One, okay. well, three things. Number one, I love this idea. I love this YouTube idea. I love this side project idea. I'm so love- happy. That means a lot. You're no. the first. I told so. Well, I'm, anybody. <laughs> I'm glad. And any support you want for this, I want to be able to help you with. And right. obviously, we'll start promoting stuff it, once you have it ready to go. So, you know, you'll, we'll be here to support you on that. That's number one. Thank you. <laughs> number two, what did you guys make for dinner tonight? I'm so curious now after this whole. Oh, you know what? I made fish sticks and leftover Instapot goulash and uh, met vegetables. <laughs> 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 and uh, and last but not least, Heather Waz, one of our all-time favorites. Uh, give me one uh, book, album, movie, or show that you uh, or you and your husband are watching, listening to, or reading. I just watched a good movie called the uh, the the guard, the old guard. The old Charlie's guard. Marathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Really. So that- that movie was, I was better than I anticipated. It actually got okay. like ninety percent rotten tomatoes or eighty percent rotten tomatoes. I was. I was a little skeptical of it. It was good, yeah. but I like action movies, so I like I like any of that stuff. And then there's um, a new, what is the name of the show? Some weird name on Amazon Prime that I'm watching with um, the Girl Rush Castle. Do you ever watch that Kinda show, Castle? Vaguely. The girl from. Oh, what's it called? It's, I can't remember the name. I'm not. I don't remember. I'm so that, sorry. It's a weird name. That's like I don't know. I watched the first season. It was pretty good. Have you watched? Um, have you watched yeah. Uncut Gems on Netflix? No, no, no. One one night that you and Zach are watching a movie, you guys should watch Uncut Gems. It's pretty good. I really Is that like. It. Chandler? Yeah, he's good no. in it though. Like he, he's yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, he's good. Okay. In it. Yes, I've uh, seen reviews on that. Heather, know. you're the best. Thank you're you so right. much for being available. We appreciate yes. you so much. Thank you for letting me talk your ear off, and please tell Kevin I said hi and that I, I miss will. Him. He misses you too. Um, I'll, uh, I'll text you in a moment. And again, when you're ready for this, at any point in time, we'll start promoting it. Uh, I hope to see you soon, and we'll talk again very soon. All right. Bye. All right. Later, dear. Thank you 
the lovely, amazing, as always, Heather Waz. She's the best. There's like full outdoor people now. They just live outdoors. They're like, mm. uh, like, like woodsmen people. Mm. I respect it. I feel like I look at people like who live that sort of lifestyle, like just being outdoors all the time. And I'm like, I'm not that guy. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I like the outdoors. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I like to visit the outdoors. Mm. I like just to have my own. I like to visit the big city. I don't like to stay there as much as I used to anymore. I feel like it would be one of those things where the more time you spend doing it, the more you would uh, want it and like it and desire it. And yeah, I suppose. It. I feel like I can never relax anyway, no matter what I do. So then mm. I'm just like panicking in the woods as opposed to panicking in my house, right? Like, and just... I think the notion of when you get out there is you can, is you sort of, you, you work it off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, You know what true. I mean? Like you actually like do something. You get, the body, you get the body moving. Not yeah. even, just the walk, you know what I mean? You never go out there and do like uh, the woodsman's games or anything. Yeah. But like literally just the hike and the notion of being out there in the fresh air and stuff. No, that's true, and uh, they seem to be killing it out there with their aspirational outdoor lifestyle, which I love to see mm. on the internet and on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I do. All right, let's get to this week's history lessons, which uh, I didn't mean to be, but they're really aquatic-themed. Like, four <laughs> out of the five of these are like based in aquatic-themed things. Okay. So here we go. Uh, the first one is just a story that I wasn't totally aware of that happened. So on this day, 1862, the CSS Arkansas, the most feared Confederate ironclad battleship on the Mississippi River, was blown up by her own crew after suffering mechanical problems with a battle with the SS Essex near Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm. Uh, I didn't. I guess you never think of, like the Civil War as like ship battles. Oh yeah, big time, big time Navy <laughs> in the Civil War. It was a huge thing, um, including. A lot of the first submarines were actually used in the Civil War, which, when you think about it, is terrifying. Yes, yes. Because you know that they were not up to code, <laughs> like a Civil War submarine. Uh, you, uh, I'm with you on that. We're... But yeah, you're right, though, because ports are still super important. You know what I mean? You think about the Civil War, a lot of these places, a lot of the main cities and capitals were still all port stuff along the eastern seaboard. Uh, this ship, its career lasted only 23 days, the Arkansas. It was... It was $160,000 to construct two different ships. This mm. one and one known as... Oh, this is another one. doesn't have a name, I suppose. The Virginia. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was destroyed. This one was towed south down the river when their, um, when their base, when their building it was raided. However, the ship came out guns blazing once it was finished, destroying Union ships, uh, taking down successful runs all the way up through July 22nd. Uh, when in a fight with the Essex, it essentially, the engine burned out, and it ran aground. And instead of being captured, mm. the crew decided to blow up the ship, mm-hmm. which feels like a cheat. I feel like if you lose, I don't know. It's like the Predator at the end of Predator. I want to see Arnold take him down. I don't want to see him hit the self-destruct button. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's the way it's got to be, though. I suppose. It's the way it's got to be. It's not as thematically, it's not as enjoyable. This is an interesting story I didn't know. The CSS Arkansas and its... Strange demise at the hands of its own soldiers. That happened today mm-hmm. in 1862. Also on this day, the one non-aquatic story we have. Mm. On this day, 1949, the NBA officially forms. Now, this is not the ABA-NBA merger that would come later on. This is in 1949, uh, when two rival basketball leagues, the BAA, the Basketball Association of America, 
and the NBL merged to become what we now know today as the National Basketball Association. The BAA, which started six years after its competitor, I'm sorry, nine years after its competitor, established itself as playing in larger cities, where the original NBL was mostly like small-town places like Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Mm -hmm. Akron. Uh, But the BAA was when you started seeing large-scale markets for basketball. Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden. Uh, It was on this day that these two leagues decided to merge together and sort of build the basis for what would become the NBA we know today. This is, again, before the ABA showed up, which was like 20 years later to the day, (laughs) weirdly. like It's not that uh, different... It's funny, I was just talking about this with uh, a good friend of the pod, Justin. Uh, it's not like there's any... You don't see that happening anymore. Like, the NFL would never... We're going to talk about the XFL later, but the NFL would never have, like, absorbed the XFL and used any of its marketing. They would just buy it and get rid of it. Right? Like, you have to have a successful enough league where there's value in the product you keep you create that they can't just be like, we're buying it for your tape library, essentially. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think you'd ever see this happen again in... Unless there were two upstart leagues that weren't that it would have, to Well, that's, it would have to be in a sport where a monopoly is um, not established already. It's going to be soccer. Like MLS. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, soccer they, would be a great example. So they're they're sort of there. This could very easily, not now, but they very easily could be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're the next best candidate for that kind of thing for sure. Uh, the NBA is back, as you guys know, earlier mm-hmm. this week. Uh, the first return to the NBA, and it happened in the bubble. Mm-hmm. This is happening... Uh, at the same time as Major League Baseball, which is really not doing great with the non-bubble, let's just pick a bunch of players up and drag them around in buses to various cities across the country mm. model. Uh, I think I know your answer to this, Kev. Is, has the NBA figured out the best way to do this return to sports? I mean, the NBA was already the best professional sports league in the country. Hands <laughs> down, bar none. Um, already, going into this. Of yeah. course. Yeah, of course they have. I mean, the game translates the best. With basketball, you've got all these aerial shots you've got to get. You can't help but show the giant stadium. You mm-hmm. can't help but make it feel empty in there, right? Yeah. You can't play baseball in a smaller, more confined space. You can't strip it down. You yeah. know what I mean? So it just feels empty. Um, I am aware only because I'm back on Twitter sporadically nowadays that hockey has restarted. There you go. Uh, so I do see some folks talking about hockey. Mm-hmm. I guess that they're still playing. I would imagine arenas are probably about the same as they were before this. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the hockey hub. No, but like, so I haven't really watched any of their games, so I can't say how that translates. They could probably, they're already pretty similar to basketball, so I feel like they could do a better job than baseball as well. Because that's another one where you can play it in a smaller space. You don't need the giant stadium. Remains to be seen what happens with football. Um, I, you know, I assume football will go back to business as usual immediately. Yeah, what, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I hope. I, I don't care uh, yeah, um, I don't at mean. all what football does. I really, soccer, I don't care if they ever come back. Soccer was an interesting one. European soccer. Like I see a lot of people like like oh look at what a great job the Premier League did and the mm-hmm. Bundesliga did. It's like well yeah because these countries. Did a good job for the most part with their like containment of coronavirus stuff, like compared to what we did, True. right? So, um, like, yes, England like came back and did a good job, but yeah, they also prepared to like for this in a way that allowed them to come back and give them sport at a faster way and it seemed safe and there wasn't a bunch of problems. Well, they also with it. and they also have a lot less perspective problems. Like they're a lot simpler and easier to do and run. England's yes. a teensy tiny little island. You don't have to travel mm-hmm. all across mm-hmm. the United States. So, you know, That's if it. Liverpool is going to go play 
Manchester, whoever the hell ever. Hours, yeah. They don't have to travel like planes, trains, and automobiles all across mm-hmm. like some long expanse of country. It's a little easier to lock it down too, you know. What have you thought of the WWE's presentation during this time? It's been the th- one sports quote unquote sport that's sort of been on this entire time, and I don't think they've done a good enough job making it seem like something has happened. Uh, much much like my feelings always are um, when pressed on professional wrestling, I feel like it's. They've done fine, but the the problem is always that it seems easy to see where they could just do better. Yeah, yeah. They've no, done right. fine, and um, I you know I've I've expressed I talked to you like people who are really kind of diehard with wrestling are some of the most pessimistic about stuff that they claim to like that you know they ever see <laughs> to the point where people joke about it. You'll see like on the it's internet you, that's the whole joke amongst yeah. the the diehards. Um, but, like, you know, you got to give people a little bit of rope. It's a weird time. So folks have done a good job. Mm. But it would be a lot easier to stick up for people doing the best that they can if it didn't seem so obvious that it wouldn't be hard to do better. Well, I think that's really what's happened. Since yeah, yeah, the yeah. NBA's come back and I've looked at their presentation, I can't help but look at what WWE's done for four months now with mm. really no changes and been like, Really? Fundamentally different, though. Yeah. Uh, no. It's I mean, apples and oranges, I think, almost. Yeah. Because you can't, in order, the, the way the professional wrestling works is to tell, you need the crowd to yes. tell the story. Mm-hmm. You're not, the NBA, it's it's a live thing, and they're still sporting, and they're still ostensibly winners and losers, but at the end of the day, the dramatics of the NBA is whether that ball goes in that basket. You know what I mean? Or whether whether this score is more than this score. When you've got a predetermined storytelling format that relies on the live crowd, it makes it a lot tougher because you need that crowd to sell the drama. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a lot of folks have said, and I know you've said to me, like, oh, you know, certain guys aren't getting over. Like, you know, this program isn't really working or this thing they're doing isn't getting Hard over. And you hear it, how the hell do you know? Nobody oh, knows if anything's getting over because there's nobody there to cheer for anything. And so it just makes it like a bizarro world. And it also allows them as a company to be like, we're going to choose the reactions. Yeah, right? that's true too. So like, oh, well, there's no crowd except the people we put out there to play the crowd, essentially. I just wish that I wish that they would, instead of trying to be in like fantasy land where it's like, oh, we're just here and we're doing it this way just because, play up the notion yeah. that you're in this weird yeah. lockdown location. Why lie? Because you can do fantastical fictional storytelling because that's your whole business. Mm-hmm. Lean into that and be, you know what I mean? Like, nobody nobody watches a Marvel movie and is like, oh, well, you know, technically it wouldn't actually happen like that. That's all. It's just a weird character trope or like, rah, rah, yeah. rah. Or, I read a bad Captain America comic book 40 years ago, so Captain America's Festus forever to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, so it's fictional storytelling. Yeah. So give it the same rope you give other fictional storytelling, uh, I think. No, I think that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Let's great to see the NBA back, though. Great to my, see my overall, it's really nice. Really, really nice. On this day, 1958, Kev, you jumped the gun a little bit here on me when we were talking about it. The U.S. nuclear submarine Nautilus uh, accomplished the first undersea voyage to the geographic North Pole, which sounds terrible. True. (laughs) Sounds like the worst. Submarine law on my list. Uh, Regardless, uh, the USS Nautilus was constructed by U.S. Naval Captain Hyman Rickover. Great name. uh, Russian-born engineer who joined the U.S. Atomic Program uh, while regarded as a fanatic by his detractors, Rickover succeeded in developing and delivering the world's first nuclear submarine years ahead of schedule. Uh, on January 21st, 1954, First Lady Madame Eisenhower, Mame Eisenhower broke a bottle of champagne across its bow and was launched into the Thames River in Connecticut, which was like a weird place mm. for the world's first nuclear submarine here in the beautiful shores of Connecticut. 
Uh, it first ran under nuclear power that morning. Uh, it spanned a career of 25 years and almost 500,000 miles steamed before it was decommissioned in mm. 1980. Uh, it could remain submerged for almost unlimited periods of time because of its nuclear engine. It needed almost no air and very small quantities of fuel. Uh, the ship itself could go at about 20 knots, which I don't know what that means. Is that fast? I can't tell. <laughs> there were 116 men aboard this historic voyage. Uh, my question for you, of these three things, which of them is the least appealing to you? Submarine, helicopter, or one of those cruise ship rooms where the port window is like below the water when the waves go over it. Mm. So you just have to look at the water going above and below your window for like the entire time you're there. I would like that. Um, I wouldn't like that. Helicopter's at the top. Helicopter would be great. Um, submarine's the bottom. I'm not interested in the submarine. My, the only way you get real interest from me in the submarine is something more like a submersible where I've got a big open viewing window. Like an underwater helicopter as opposed to an underwater plane, so to speak. Yeah, right, um, right. But where I can go and like see and explore like that, that would be possibly the very top of my list. I feel like I'd immediately... But like just submarine with a little teensy tiny porthole, not really... I feel like I'd almost immediately go insane. Like you're not like I'd go like more neurotic than I normally am, Like, but I'd immediately be like... The late great Wilfred Brimley in the thing, who's just like in a room being like, "They're all aliens!" Ah! slashing things around. Shout out to Wilfred Brimley who passed away this week. I didn't put it on the show. But Shout out to I thought Wilfred Brimley died like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I know, so right? That's positive. Love Wilfred Brimley. What Got an extra fifteen. Uh, yeah. So I'm not interested in any of this, let alone let alone being in a submarine, but then also going underneath the the poles where the ice caps could be like 10 to 50 feet thick depending on where you were like that above. part's kind of cool it's cool to think about it's not cool if you're like stuck I would in rather, an ice cavern i would rather do that than spend the equivalent amount of time in a submarine not doing that i suppose if i'm gonna be out there let's go all the way out there you know what i mean speaking of going all the way out there in 1987 lynn cox went all the way out there you know who she is mm. Lynn Cox was a swimmer who braved the frozen waters of the Bering Strait to make the first recorded swim from the United States to the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Uh, she was a swimming prodigy throughout her entire uh, life, even going back to when she was very, very young. Uh, Cox joined her swim club in a uh, joined a swim club in a 31 mile Catalina Challenge from the coast of South Carolina when she was only 15 years old, I believe. Uh, she. Swam the notoriously difficult English Channel in just nine hours and fifty-seven minutes. If I did it, it would take me drowned death. You'd be the drowned. end of my life, right? Drowned, I'd be no dead. question. Quick, quicker than you think, too. <laughs> she broke the world <laughs> record for both men and women. Uh, then two years later, she swam it and broke her own record again. Shaved off another like twenty minutes. Mm. So in 1987, she decides to try her luck at swimming the Bering Strait. The Cold War is just beginning to thaw, and under the leadership of the reformer Mikhail Gorbachev. The Soviet Union opened its borders to her. Uh, her rigorous training regiment included regularly swimming and, uh, uh, and uh, at water temperatures of between 38 and 42 degrees Fahrenheit. Cox, who rarely swam in a wetsuit regardless of water temperature, donned just a swimsuit as she stood out into Alaska, uh, the shores of Lake Demid, Alaska, around 350 miles north of Anchorage. In water just above freezing. Mm. F out of here. No thanks. Crazy. Why? Crazy human endurance. Shout out to her. Um, she, she stayed in the water for two hours and 16 minutes. Wild. God. Wild. Why? 
I want to. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sidebar on this thing. I love it because I just like to point out something you said, kid. Sometimes it makes me laugh. How can we just point out how dramatic world geopolitics and governments are? Like just dramatic, like high school children in Soviet Union. Be like, well, we're gonna make this great. Yeah, we've decided we're gonna open the borders to her. Like, what, what was the option, guys? Yeah, you were gonna be tough guys, and you're gonna start a nuclear war because some twenty-three-year-old girl came swimming up to the tip of Siberia in a bathing suit. Oh, we're gonna let her swim up. Like, that's so dramatic I and mean, childish. She's the next year while signing the uh, intermediate-range nuclear forces treaty with Ronald Reagan. Gorbachev referred to her impressive achievement, mm. saying, "Last summer it took one brave American." Can I do his voice still? Is that okay? I don't know if that's a thing. Can I do his voice? I'm not sure. <laughs> I just like the voice. Uh, by the name voices. of Lynn Cox, just two hours to swim from one of our countries to the other. We saw on television how sincere and friendly the meeting was between our people and the Americans when she stepped onto Soviet shore. She proved by her courage how close to each other our people I live. Mean, well, distance also. Bonus salute. More, more power to you guys. If that If that's what they needed to see... Then that's great, but it just seems like super dramatic. You're gonna start a nuclear Is war. Is Gorbachev like a bad dude? Because hindsight, yeah, I mean, wasn't he the, generally almost every world leader? I don't know. I'd have to look past, back and like look at the time. He was a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to look yeah. back at what Gorbachev did that was the bad stuff. I don't know yeah, specifically off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. I'm sure there's something uh, on this day, 2005, and this is full circle. The Russian Priz submarine with seven crew members on board is rescued from deep in the Pacific Ocean. After is they submarine were... week? Yeah, I know. <laughs> after they were trapped for more than three days. So there you go. Mm. Being trapped in the submarine that's malfunctioning. That's mm. the that's the worst case scenario. That's why you got to learn how to swim like your girl. <laughs> you got to <laughs> swim across. Trapped me in a submarine. <laughs> Open the hatch. It was trapped 190 meters below the ocean surface mm. for three days. Mm. Uh, it was also ra- there was an anchor that was attached to it that was causing the issue. It ensnared the sub. This 60 ton anchor, which seems weird. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, scary stuff. Being stuck underneath the world in the sub. Not for me. Not a fan. Not for me. All right, that's it. We'll move on from history lessons this week. Uh, sometimes. Um, we do some segments that are just for me on this show. Maybe all the segments. <laughs> uh, this one specifically, though, Emmy nominations, award nominations are generally just for me. Correct. Uh, but the Emmy nominations are out this week. 72nd annual Emmy Awards. A couple interesting things of note. Uh, Netflix broke the record for most nominations in a single year, mm. uh, scoring 160 in total. HBO had been the previous record holder since 2019, so it's not really a long record. No. <laughs> it had been the whole thing. This year's most nominated series was HBO's Watchmen, with 26 in all, followed by The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Ozark, Succession, The Mandalorian, Saturday Night Live, and Schitt's Creek, Mm. all of which earned 15 or more nominations. Uh, I'm glad that Watchmen's getting credit. I really enjoyed Watchmen. So did I. I thought it was great. Uh, Any shows that particularly stuck out to you here? I'll give you the best drama series if you want to hear what's up. You ready? Yeah. Better Call Saul, The Crown, the Handmaid's Tale, mm. Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, which is not a drama, The Ozark, no, not The Ozark, just Ozark, <laughs> uh, Stranger Things, not a drama, and Succession. Stranger Things, not a drama? I feel like it's more of a comedy than a drama. That's why comedy and drama is a stupid... How's a comedy? It's funnier than it is more dramatic. I don't find it dramatic in any particular way. It's like... It's like a soft... It's a drama kind of for kids, but they're still like... 
They're not running jokes. All right. Well, of these shows, yeah. What do you like here of these eight uh, shows? Better Call Saul is amazing. Uh, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Handmaid's Tale. Um, this isn't the Succession year. They're not. This... No. No. Succession is fun to watch, but to pretend it's on the level of like prestige TV is just uh, an illusion. I've not been able to sell myself. <laughs> It's fun to watch and I enjoy it, but it is not like Better Call Saul or something yeah. like that. It's just not even like really compete in the same league. I think that's fair. It'd be, I'd like to see them win it, honestly. Uh, Better Call Saul. I think it'd be deserving of like a show that's essentially been sort of a slow burn. It sort of existed in the shadow of Breaking it's Bad just at first. A, it's just a, I don't want to say smaller show because that's not right. But it's just it's a more it's a stiller show a little mm-hmm. more still, uh, and it might be as far as like artistic achievement it might be better. That's fair. Might be a higher degree of difficulty in execution than Breaking Bad. Here's your eight comedy shows mm-hmm. uh, for best comedy series: Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Dead to Me from Netflix, The Good Place, Insecure from HBO, The Kaminsky Method, which is a thing apparently that Michael Douglas is in. Mm. It's on Netflix? I have no idea what this is. I've mm-hmm. never heard of this. Uh, the Marvelous Miss Maisel, Shit's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. I mean... I don't watch any of this stuff besides Curb. Curb, uh, Curb and I guess The Good Place. And even like, Curb. I didn't, I didn't watch the new season of Curb. I think, we watched like an episode, but never really... That's what's happened in the last couple seasons. Watching like two episodes and never watched the rest. I think you just combine all these shows into one category. Pick the best eight of those shows and just say best television show. That's what I think is the move. Make this more interesting. Mm. Make it less inclusive in terms of categories. I don't want to. I want these shows to compete more. I don't. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I want it's to tough s- though because how do you put? How do you like objectively put? Nah. How do you objectively put Curb Your Enthusiasm and Shit's Creek in the same category? They're very different shows, right? Like you watch Shit's Creek. My mom does. Uh, people people love Shit's Creek. Love people who watch that. I just I feel like it's all very. That's not more different than Better Call Saul and The Good Place. No, that's true. You're right. That's true. Uh, and then this is the other one: best limited series. Right. Which I feel like this is just the Watchmen category because they're gonna win every this limited year, series yeah, yeah. category as they right? should. Who else is in it? Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. No. Miss America on FX on Hulu. No, thank you. Unbelievable Netflix. Uh, I don't know that. Oh, I heard that was good actually. And then Unorthodox on Netflix. Mm. I mean, Watchmen was... Watchmen was amazing. Watchmen's going to win everything, I feel like. That's my big, my big prediction. It was very good. Uh, yeah. I don't understand the Emmys and how they decide what's good and what's bad. Like, especially now. Like, how do you know people are watching? It's not a popularity contest, right? No. It's just like, what, are the, what do these judges think? Who picks the Emmys? They probably got a board. They got a board? I'm sure. Uh, all right, so there you go. Emmy nomination. I would ask you that question. If I wanted to know that, you would be the guy I would ask. That's a good point. So if you don't know, I certainly don't know. Uh, Here's a story I hate just by the headline. Uh, New York City woman killed by great white shark off the coast of Maine this week. There's a lot of reasons I hate this story. A lot of reasons. Uh, One, I hate to see anybody get killed by a shark. That's terrible. Horrible. mm. Number two, I hate to see someone from New York City. Because I love New York City. I love my folks in New York. Number three... Hate to see great white sharks killing people in Maine, of all places. Not exactly where you would think of great white sharks coming to get you. Mm, I feel like that. I feel like that checks for me, and maybe it's just because in my brain, 
Like Jaws and stuff. It's yeah, all kind Amity. of New Englandy, Maine. Yeah, definitely. Maine's farther up. I feel. I like. gotcha, but like, I guess farther, farther up what? The ocean. I'm g- yeah. Because guess no. what? Oh, that's a great point, point. and I think that's why it's unsettling to me is the idea that like, well, I'm like, oh, well, sharks. It's kind of up north for sharks to come. Where are they coming? <laughs> sharks live in Florida. Sharks live wherever they want. The same kind of wild conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just baseless speculation. Terrible. Oh, man. Great white sharks in Maine. Hate this story. Hate no, it. yeah, it's definitely... You probably think that you're relatively safe. Uh, you just, think you Just were. when you thought it yeah. was safe to go back into the water. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, new law this week. Uh, Anthony Cuomo... Oh, sorry. Uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo has signed a new law allowing businesses to manufacture and sell ice cream and frozen dessert products that are made with liquor. Liquor-infused ice cream is now... Allowed to be sold in New York. Are you excited cool. for the concept of liquor infused ice? Super cool idea. Yeah, yeah. If you've got, um, if you're somebody who, whether you run a bar, uh, gives you a notion, gives you another nice idea for something to serve. If you're some sort of a distiller or a brewer, it's another avenue for you to start playing with stuff, and for you to start collaborating with a lot of people. Um, a lot of brewers that I know, whether my time, you know, in a large brewers in town, or like other people I know who work at smaller brewers, or people I met through there. Love to collaborate with other folks who, you know, create things. Um, yeah. And, like, I remember watching when uh, Saranac did a collaboration with Utica Roasting Company, for mm-hmm. example, and seeing the brewers and the coffee roasters, like, happy to work together and make stuff. So, yeah, this would be a cool avenue for people to, uh, yeah, just another another cool avenue for people to sort of explore and grow business into. Uh this feels like me pain. personally. I don't know how much I like it. It's like Jello shots, right? Like I'm not a big fan of consuming my alcohol, like as an edible. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like it's not. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It feels kind of. I don't know. It's just not my necessarily for me. I can see though in this world of wine slushies that we live in, and like you know, yeah. like right that this something mm-hmm. like this is definitely going to be a thing that people will be for sure super hyped for. No and I'm question. sure somebody will do a really good job with it too. I'm sure oh, someone absolutely. will do. Absolutely. Well, because if you think about different times, you've been like out living like boat life on the beach on oh, the lake, yeah. on ice, frozen <laughs> like boozy cocktail. Yeah, no, it'll be all right. Uh, also, this week in sports, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson buys the XFL in a 15 million dollar deal. Uh, do you feel more or less? Uh, positive about the XFL's future now that The Rock is involved and not just WWE owner Vince McMahon. Does it does it make you feel more like this show has a future? Yeah, yes and no. Um, I guess. I feel yeah, like... it doesn't it doesn't change my interest level. I can tell you that. Right. I can tell you like it doesn't make me more like ooh now I want to see like yeah probably I don't The Rock doesn't seem like he's in the business of making terrible investments. Well, we're watching these Titan Games highlights on YouTube, which he seems to be just doing his thing. He just rolls in. For sure. Does like a little little chat. Make your money wherever you can. I mean, I, I just think for me, I think it's interesting that the XFL was a thing that comes from wrestling, essentially. Like Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. who owned the WWE, wants to start his own football league. Mm-hmm. Then, years later, he wants to do it again. It fails, but the guy who buys it is the one guy who used to work for him who is now more important than any wrestler has ever been in their lives. Like, the mm. the one guy who got away from WWE and became, like, the biggest star of any wrestler of all time right. is now buying out this company that Vince McMahon initially started 20 years ago. Which he's probably very happy about. Yeah, right? Vince he, loves it. Well, because he gets to flip it off to his guy. You know, cause that's, yeah. like, that's an old man. You know, sometimes like, we forget that old men have gotten old. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a super old man. Um, 
So he's not going to have the head of steam to like do whatever they're going to have to do to make this a thing going forward. You know what I mean? His five to ten year prognosis isn't probably. He's not That's ramping. True. He's not ramping That's up. True. You know what I mean? If anything. Uh, also, this week in in I don't even know what kind of news you would call this. Uh, you can now buy merchandise from the infamous Fire Fraud Festival there mm. that happened. U.S. Marshals are auctioning off a collection of hats, shirts, wristbands, other merchandise from the infamous Fire Festival fraud. Uh, I want to say the money is going to charity. I believe mm. it's going toward the victims of the crime. It's going toward the people who were uh, wronged by Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule and all those people who put the Fire Festival together. My question for you, Kev, cop or not, some of this stuff is actually pretty fly. Some uh, <laughs> zero. Zero, 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 cop. No, no, no. Not for me. <laughs> not for me. Leave it, leave, it to the, leave it to the sports bettors. I don't know. Leave it to the sports bettors. It could not be me. I just got to say, I'm not buying any of this stuff. No. We, we, we put this t-shirt and go, oh, look at how ironic my t-shirt is. Dude, jump. I do. <laughs> I like the branding. I think they're branding in general. Like, I take everything away, all the documentary stuff away, all the scumbag mm-hmm. shit. The branding was good. Branding is quote unquote fire. I mean, you could say the same about a lot of things. Yeah, I'm certainly not wearing. You can. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Bad people tend to have good branding a lot of times. It's <laughs> a great point. Not always though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw I saw a hoodie on there when I was looking through mm. the listing. I was like, that's actually... I got too many hoodies. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right, and I guess one last... Uh, this one's for me. This is also kind of for you, actually. Oh. You, uh, you put me on uh, uh, Frank Turner. Yo! Was, yeah, Frank Turner's your guy. Frank Turner is my guy. Uh, I've tried to listen to a little bit of it. I like some mm-hmm. of it. I like. I don't like all of it. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of it, though. He's quite earnest, so I can see where there's probably a shelf life for you. He's earnest, but not American. Right, so it helps you swallow it a little <laughs> more. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, however, this week, uh, this is actually a tie-in to, what we're, to our Spotify picks. Uh, earlier this week, as reported by Brooklyn Vegan, Frank Turner attempted to do a test run of an indoor concert idea. Mm. Uh, it was not a success, unfortunately. This took place at the Clapham Grand in South London, which is a venue it opened to 20% of its capacity. Uh... Following UK regulations, staff was doubled, attendees could not sing, and other restrictions were put in place. Uh, Turner did not take any payment for the show. However, the show itself was still a huge financial loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was no talent spend that didn't get paid, no advertising spend, uh, even though the show sold out right away, and yet we still lost money. Uh, I mean, I guess that speaks to a greater issue about like making money as a as a musician for sure, <laughs> and, right? For like sure, a, yeah, yeah. Like the really fine margins that even in the right time, what it takes for dude, very real. I can't imagine like even with uh, you know with me who makes a living as a musician at this point, like, and we don't have much investment as far as road crew and travel expense and a lot of that stuff goes. You know what I mean? We load our own gear and all that kind of stuff, but like. It's already, I, I see the huge financial hit that we've taken over this summer. You know what I mean? We're each, each, each one of us is out, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I can't imagine what it's like for a level of people like this who have a whole network of management and crew and tour staff and road staff and venue staff underneath mm-hmm. them relying on them to make money. It's a, yeah. it's a really wild time. And people are trying a lot of things to varying degrees of success, but it's just, it's hard times for everybody. Yeah. Uh, all right, and that great brings, to see Frank Turner out there trying stuff, doing things that makes me happy. Yeah. I hope more and more people, I hope, get um, aware of him. So I think he's a cool guy. Well, he released a split cover LP with one of my favorite bands of all time, No Effects, earlier mm. this week on Fat Records, and that is one of the tracks 
on this week's Spotify picks for me that I put in. Uh, Kevin, I did have to admit I struggled mightily for something that doesn't matter at all. I really wanted to keep it down to like five tracks, but I couldn't. Mm. I could not. Could not get... Uh, so what did you do, six? I did six. All right, so we'll make it six. Do you want to just do six every week, then? I suppose. Twelve is still, Twelve's like... Closer. Twelve would be a short CD. That's, a, that's yeah. a full album. It's a full album. So we'll do six every week. Uh, so one of my Do picks... you want to do six with one thematic matched pick a week, or one where we pick different sides of an artist, or six independent each week, or just play it by ear? So I figured we'd play it by ear. Last okay. week, what happened when we talked about The Leftovers, right. I put that on there sort of just because... Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just because we talked about it. My general assumption is if we talk about something on the show, mm. like to put some reference. Some sort of to, thing. So yeah. I talked about this Frank Renner piece because it's interesting, but also because I'm going to play a track on the list this week from this NoFX Frank Turner LP, which is quite cool. Good. Uh, but also this week, uh, one of the tracks I want to talk about is a band called mm. Twin Peaks, not the show Twin Peaks, oh, okay. or uh, a band that I didn't listen to because of the show Twin Peaks. It's like, you know what? I can't I can't do this. I can't be like a Twin Peaks the show guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also be like, oh, there's also this great band. Wearing the t-shirt to the concert. I don't know what yeah, you're I, I don't want to be yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I found a Twin Peaks song that was uh, algorithm sent to me based on Spotify's algorithm. Mm. And I've noticed that it's right in the line with a lot of stuff I've gotten into in my weird 30s, which is like this weird sort of dream pop kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't uh-huh. know why this became a thing for me in the last Big couple of years. Yeah. Like this sort of Tame Impala, Mac DeMarco mm-hmm. kind of vibe, somewhere in the middle between those two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, those are two of my picks this week. I haven't made all my picks, um, and I don't have my phone actually on me. I think it's on the charging of the room. Uh, but I will say two of the ones that I definitely I was going to put on there. Um, you just spoke about Tame Impala, so I'll say one of them. I'll do the track Daffodils mm-hmm. um, off the oh, yeah. Mark Ronson album, Uptown Special, mm-hmm. featuring Kevin Parker of Tame Impala. Uh, just a groovy little dance track with him doing vocals. I think Mark Ronson is super underrated. Yeah. You'll probably see a lot of Mark Ronson on this playlist from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and are, you know just going forward, I know myself inevitably the yeah. new stuff that I'll include. Um, but, yeah, I think that song's super cool. Um, also, I'm going to throw on the song uh, Walking on the Moon by The Police, mm-hmm. which I nice. heard, I was watching a YouTube video about uh, bass guitar techniques and just some drills and stuff, and the guy was using a song for an example, he used the bass line of that song. People don't always think of The Police as being um, uh, being influenced by a lot of different reggae artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it's a very, very reggae-esque track from them that's got like a really cool vibe and a cool bass line, so I'm going to throw that one on too. Because uh, I've been playing that on my bass a lot this week during like sound checks and just dick around and whatever. All right, uh, we've gone long enough. No time for bits for the blogs. We'll do it next week. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, thanks once again to Heather Waz. Excited for her new projects, and hopefully we'll see her again as we get healthier out there. Be safe out there. It's not over yet, folks. Mm. Keep staying safe. Uh, sign our oh, guess, uh, you know, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan, follow me at SF Doom, follow the show at Unicast. We are on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Uh, we're taking over the web sign our Let's keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, tape machines are rolling. We are desperately, desperately out of time. We will see you next week for another episode of the Unicast. Take care, folks. Be safe out there. Uh, be good to people out there in the world.